0: Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30am Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. So this morning's message is for all women. There are a few places in the Bible where we get a glimpse of things that describe a woman of godly character. Proverbs 31 and Titus 2 are two that stand out to me. They both give an exhaustive list that makes even the godliest woman feel a little challenged and overwhelmed. Women are encouraged in the book of Titus to be active in looking after the next generation, teaching and modeling to them how to be a woman of God. I feel incredibly fortunate to be able to easily name several older women who have in one way or another been Titus II women in my life. They are the women I now attempt to imitate as I try to serve as a woman of God. I myself have often looked to the older women with the grey and white hair in the church as role models to the younger women. In the Bible, Paul writes about this in Titus 2, and so many times we call them the Titus 2 women. Well, as time goes by, it occurs to me that I may soon be one of these women much sooner than I thought. (laughs) God has not turned my hair so grey or white yet, but when it does turn, I tend to keep what it says in Proverbs 16:31, that crown of glory. As we all grow older, it may be easy to feel that our usefulness declines. We may lose some of our physical fitness, and our brains somehow seem to lose the capacity to keep up with the younger generation. Maybe you look at church and you feel that you have nothing to offer the younger woman, and it's easy to feel you have no real role once you get older. Or maybe you feel it's your turn for a rest. It's time for you to retire and leave it to the younger generation. But the Word of God teaches the exact opposite. So today, I wanna take a look at why younger women need older women and why older women need younger women and why we need to foster and look for multi-generational friendships. Men, just because my focus today is on women, does not mean you can close your eyes and have a little nap because everything also relates to how men need to foster one another as well. So let's look closer at Titus 2 today. In this letter from Paul to Titus, a young preacher, Paul is discipling Titus on the proper behavior of the brethren. He encourages Titus to teach the aged woman to behave properly. He does this because he knows the younger women look to the older women as role models for proper behavior. These older women are encouraged to speak the truth. They are to be filled with the spirit. They should be teaching the younger women based upon their experience and wisdom. At least three proposals exist in defining who should be considered older. Some say Christian maturity marks the older woman. Others say we're all older than someone else, so in a sense, we can all be considered older women. Some say there's an age requirement, though none dare to suggest a number. (laughs) As women, we might not be good at communicating that we need help or need to talk to someone until we are in crisis. The crisis women face, big and small, can be difficult to discuss with male leadership. As a woman you may woman you may find it exceptionally difficult to go to a male pastor about your sex life with your husband, physical suffering, body image, anger, or how to balance life, school, work, etc. And this doesn't include the infertility, miscarriage, emotional and sexual abuse, marriage failure, and mental health issues that either you have experienced or seen female friends struggle with. How we long for older, wise women to seek us out. These concerns bring to mind the the words Paul wrote to Titus. He writes that older women are to teach what is good, and so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, so the word of God may not be reviled." Older women who mentor, disciple, and care for younger women are an essential part of a biblical community. When women mentor each other, the Lord can teach us many valuable lessons that we may not have learned outside of those relationships. Sometimes we can feel quite inadequate in our attempts to minister to them. The Lord reminds us that we are indeed inadequate, but he emboldens us to allow allow others to see not only our trials and sins, but how we respond as God brings us through them. It is through our vulnerability with women and mentors that we are able to learn how to be a disciple to others. We need to trust in God's good purposes for our own struggles and to receive his comfort for ourselves so we can in turn comfort others. In preparation for today, I sent an email to a multitude of women within our church of all ages asking them to help me with today's message. I asked if they were over 55 to tell me why they felt younger women in the church were important. And if under 55, why do they feel older women in the church are important? I asked them to share stories with me so that I could intertwine them into all of this. I was in awe at the multitude of responses and my heart smiled at how much women had been such a significant piece in each other's lives. So I wanna start with a letter to the older woman based upon the responses of the younger woman. Dear older women, you are not invisible to us. You are not irrelevant. Don't think for a minute that your work is done around here. We honor you and we need you. We need your stories. You've learned hard lessons and hiked steep hills. You've realized that not everything we dream in our 20s comes to be, but that God's ways are perfect. You fought for joy and witnessed God's faithfulness in the long haul. If you can do it, so can we. Please tell us those stories. We need to hear your prayers. Sometimes spoken through tears, they are rich with the promises of God. Instead of giving up, you let your heartache for those you love drive you to the Savior. You've prayed for years, for decades, for generations, and as you wait and trust, we listen and learn. We need your example. When we see you cleaning the church, baking, teaching us to tie comforters, quilting, singing, making meals, leading ministries, and greeting visitors, we are schooled. That's right. We remember this church is not about our personal preferences, it's about our saviour and we need to spend our lives investing in this place he loves. It's not about what we have to do, it's about what we get to do. We need to see you worship. Your lifted hands speak to us. They tell us that worship is not about perfect circumstances or emotional highs. It's about pledging our lives week in and week out to the God who gave his life for us. It's all about him, and he is worth singing and celebrating until our dying breath, no matter the circumstance of the hour. We need your wisdom. We tend to panic and worry when things go wrong. We need your long view of parenting, of singleness, of marriage, of ministry. We know the older you get, the less you think you have to offer, but it's simply not true. Your life lessons in God are a treasure to us. We need your perseverance. There are lots of good godly reasons to change churches, but to those of you who have been here for the long haul, we draw strength from you. You carry our history. You show us how God can keep changing us. You laugh at how far you've come and how far you have to go, and you proclaim the gospel from one generation to another. We need your beauty, like the tree in Psalm one, yielding its fruit in season. You are aging and changing, but the beauty of that tree is stunning. It's far reaching leaves create shadow shows. It's weathered bark is strong and textured. It's branches that held ropes, swings and roots that reach deep tell us stories. The weathering that is happening to you speaks of God's work in your life and it's beautiful. We need your love. You are moms and grandmoms, whether through bloodlines or faith lines, and your influence on our lives is greater than you know. Thank you for loving us. Don't believe for a minute that you're, you're washed up or out of date and that your best day, days are behind you. The kingdom of God turns cultural values on their heads, and there are still countless good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. Thank you for being an inspiration to us, younger women. You are doing a wonderful job. Feel our love and admiration for all you are and feel God's pleasure as well. You are the aroma of Christ to those around you. As a younger woman, and I still see myself in this category yet, we want to learn from you. We want to be encouraged by you equipped by you and corrected by you most of the time. (laughs) We want to be ever growing in the faith, but I would also ask that you also look to see what the Lord wants you to gain from your investment in our lives. I believe that through our times together, the Lord will continue to encourage and equip you to live for his glory, even as you encourage and train us. So how have the older women done this or how can they do this? This is again from what I collected from people. Number one, be available and flexible. The number one thing many people feel like they don't have is time. This means we need people who don't share this mindset and can challenge our sense of time. Those who have more open-ended schedules can push back on the cultural expectation that we stay busy. Number two, be spiritually mature. Being spiritually mature does not mean you have to be a teacher or a leader. It means you exhibit the fruits of the Spirit and the qualifications listed in Titus. It means you love the Lord, His Word, and His people. Number three is be submissive to church leadership. Churches need older women who respect and support the pastors and elders and who can encourage younger women to do the same. Powerful spiritual fruit is born in the lives of younger female congregants when an older woman actively serves in cooperation with church's leadership. Number four is be content. We need both older single women and older married women who rejoice in the life God has given them and can role model contentment. If you're able to thank the Lord for the life he has given you, including the trials you have endured, you will have much wisdom to share. Number five, be able to talk about sex and sexuality. Especially if they were raised in non-Christian homes, younger women often do not have a biblical understanding of sex and sexuality. Even if they were raised in Christian homes, they often need places other than the mainstream culture to discuss sex. We need women who can talk about sex without feeling awkward and who will be compassionate wherever the conversation goes. Number six, be willing to serve. I don't need, mean we need older women to do all the church's practical chores. I mean we need women who serve the young sisters as Jesus would, slow to judge, kindly persistent in admonishing sin, present in our physical needs, and constant in furthering devotion to the Lord. And here are some more practical ways that were shared about how the younger women have been blessed or taught by the older women. Sharing personal Bible study habits and doing a Bible study together. Number two, being transparent by sharing the things in which they have struggled with and teaching us how they handled those struggles. Three, was teaching how to create and maintain a household budget. Four, showing me how to organize the home. Five, was offering to care for my children while I run errands. Number six, was teaching us some of their family's favorite recipes or showing us how to make a pie the right way that wasn't me. (laughs) Number seven, handwriting a letter of encouragement to a younger lady or two. Handwritten notes are treasures in today's electronic world. Number eight, encouraging and praying for us often. Don't forget about that girl's name you took at the over-60s banquet and still have on your fridge. Now, I want to share a letter to the younger woman based on the responses of the older woman and this one I found eye-opening and very heartwarming. So dear younger women, this world is not kind to you. It calls your Christianity narrow-minded, your biblical obedience brainwashed, and your church commitment sporadic. You are supposed to be gorgeous, accomplished, and successful all the same time, not to mention present and mindful. By following Jesus, you swim against a swift and strong current, and we applaud you. You are doing a great job. Younger women, thank you for building God's church with us. We respect you and we need you more than ever. We need your ideas. We know how we've always done things and we're used to it, but you have new strategies. You want to see God glorified in your generation, not just in the ones that went before. We need your vision, your brainstorming, and your sense of what speaks to a younger world. Please share them with us. We need your zeal. Although we love the Lord Jesus, sometimes the long road has worn us down. We've gotten stuck in ruts, but then we hear you running the race behind us, your footfall catching up, and it encourages our hearts. It makes us want to keep moving, even though we feel like collapsing in a heap sometimes. Thank you for running, young woman. We can't wait to pass you the baton. We need your honesty. Your hard questions inspire us to know what we believe and why. Your quest to understand God's ways and how you can live them out in your generation demands that we stay alert and help you think that through. God's plans for us as women are beautiful ones. Thank you for inviting us into your questions. We need your testimonies. Hearing about how God is using you and meeting you fills us with joy. Our heart is not only faithful to us, our God is not only faithful to us, but to our children and their children and their children. We knew that all along because God promised it, but we rejoice to hear your stories. We need your eagerness. Younger ladies, thank you for your desire to learn from us. That takes humility and we don't take it lightly. Though we are frail jars of clay and all too aware of our weaknesses, we want to pour the grace God has given us into you. Thank you for not judging us by externals, but instead seeking wisdom in more mature women. It strengthens our resolve to be godly examples. We need your partnership as you grab tools, spatulas, hammers, laptops, and help build God's kingdom through the ministries of our church, our loads lighten and smiles broaden. We need what you bring and have prayed for God to strengthen you for this task. You are gifted, equipped, and called to the momentous privilege of serving God's people. We need your fight. Not only are your bodies and memories stronger than ours, but you have fight in you. As you struggle to apply God's word in your lives and wrestle for what's right in the midst of a scoffing culture, hear us cheering you on. We see you and we have your back in prayer, asking that God would fill you with his powerful Holy Spirit for the task before you. We need your friendship. We enjoy you. Although it seems to you that many years separate us, it doesn't feel that way to us. We remember changing diapers and our first day of work like it was yesterday. We understand how you feel. Thank you for being our friends, for laughing with us, and for inviting us into your lives. Walking this Christian road together is a true gift from God. Thank you for being heroes of the faith to us older women. Your very presence gives us courage, Feel our love and admiration for all you are, and feel God's pleasure as well. You will yield your fruit in season. So how have or how can the younger women do this? Number one is watch and listen to the older women. They have learned much and are called to teach those learnings to you. This does not mean you need to sit in formal training. Just watch and listen to their testimony. Number two, find an older lady that you would like to specifically learn from. Keep a list of questions for her, so that when you spend time with her, you can glean answers. Number three is find the older lady prayer warriors and ask them to pray for you and your family. Number four, invite an older lady or two or three to join you for coffee, to do a book club or Bible study. Number five is share what you have learned from the older ladies with the other younger ladies in the church. So this is how the kingdom of God goes forward by displaying to the next generation the grace we ourselves received, and for older women who invest in younger women, the reward will be unending. We all need to make sacrifices to ensure that all the generations in our churches are not left for themselves, and to remember we do so for the beauty of Christ's bride, the church, so that she might be presented immaculate and whole when he returns. The gospel empowers and compels us to live out our design and the gospel provides the context in which the helper design makes sense. So what is the role of older women in friendships with younger women? The story of Ruth wouldn't be there without Naomi. Mary might have just needed Elizabeth and Zacharias' miracle baby to encourage her faith. Another older woman named Anna prophesied and bolstered Mary's faith again when Jesus was a newborn. Eunice and Lois were the mother and grandmother team that poured prayer and testimony over Timothy. And very specifically, you and I have been called into the same kind of friendship. Older women in the church are meant to be an encouragement to the younger women. The beautiful working in this relationship guards the word of God from being dishonored. Think of that. So why is it important to have multi-generational friendships? The role of women's friendships in our lives is actually so crucial to our faith journey that it impacts how the rest of the world views the word of God. One could argue over what exactly is it that dishonors God's word in this scripture. But the statement starts with older women tending to their own hearts for the express purpose of being eligible vessels of encouragement to the younger ones with the trickle down effect so that the honor of the word is upheld. As a woman in leadership, my hope is that the main goal of all of the women's events is connection. First, for women to connect with scripture, but then secondly, and just as prayerfully, that they could connect with a woman who would invest in their faith walk. Social scientists say that women are especially wired for connection, and jokes are made about how we seldom go it alone, even to the restroom. So from scripture to science, it's clear we need one another. So how can you forge these friendships? You might already have a list of big or little sisters in Christ, but here are some ideas if you don't. Number one, ask the Lord for one. If you need it, the Lord will provide it. And he has already a plan in place to meet your needs before you ask. Spend time together doing something fun that you both are interested in. The women the Lord has, in, has had in store for me have entered so naturally and actually quite unexpectedly. I can't imagine my personal life or ministry without them, without the wisdom God funneled through them into mine. We laugh, we cry, we pray, and we walk beside each other. Number two is make yourself available and be the one to reach out. Don't wait for someone to pursue you. You're the one who needs her wisdom and encouragement, so you be the one to initiate the relationship. If you see a woman with a marriage you like, Invite her out for coffee to learn how she cultivated that relationship. If you see a mom with grown kids and you like their family dynamic, call her up and ask what she did as a mom that she looks back on as good. Find a seasoned woman with a testimony you'd like to see reflected in your own life and go and learn from them. Number three is be patient. You may initially feel connected with someone, but after a bit, it may not end up being a good fit and that is okay. Know that the Lord works through seasoned women in younger ones, and he will bring the right one into your life at the right time. And lastly, if you are a seasoned woman, be ready. Be that Titus two woman. Don't be surprised if you find yourself in the seasoned season of life sooner than you expect. We are all supposed to be an Elizabeth or a Naomi for someone out there. Regardless of whether or not our hair has caught some salt and pepper, we are called to be salt to the world and women who season our younger sisters with gracious encouragement. In the end, this precious sisterhood is meant to be part of a sacred calling to encourage each other. Thus, we protect the word of God from the dishonor that comes when we live our faith out of discouragement rather than the confidence, joy, and fruitfulness That shine out of a fully encouraged woman. I will always treasure the investment that older women have had in my life. They have walked beside me and challenged me to pursue God's calling on my life without hesitation. Some have come and gone, but the ones who have stayed continue to encourage me to pursue the Lord wholeheartedly. By sharing their testimony and life with me in a whole new and exciting way has been such a crucial factor in me being here today. There's a novel worth of stories of women and their witnesses through friendships that have built into my life and faith journey. More than any book I've read or sermon I've heard, the words of women sitting next to me have had the most impact on my life. And I think that is a crucial part of God's design for the family, especially in a multi-generational context, to connect with one another in ways that allow seasoned perspective and experience to encourage another. One of the most impactful ways God reveals himself is through others. Jesus taught us in Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. We can learn aspects of God's heart through others that we simply can't learn alone. In relationship with others, we learn about God's heart for unity grace, humility, and love in new and powerful ways. In fellowship, we encounter people with various giftings, perspectives, and past experiences that are different from our own. And in community, we discover God's heart to use others for the building up, healing, and sharpening of ourselves. God longs for us to give ourselves fully to the community around us. He longs to use us for the healing and building up of others and he longs for us to embrace humility and receive help and sharpening from others around us. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow and that built itself up in love. Women investing in friendships with another another woman gives us the opportunity to be used by God, to be built up in love with a group of believers. It positions us to receive help from fellow believers who are pursuing Jesus, and it equips us to pursue freedom in life in areas where we might not have gotten victory without help from others. I know I want to pursue a wholehearted community, not because fellow friends or mentors are perfect, but because I, as an imperfect child of God, need help from other imperfect children to encounter the fullness of the abundant life God intends for me. We need to have grace for others. We need to love even when we feel unloved. And we need to help others when no one else will. And we need to build up the body that Jesus loves so that others might better know the loving and available God we serve. I believe that the Lord has a few people for each of us that we are called to be totally open with. I don't believe our community has to be large as then things get tricky, trust can be broken, and people can sometimes get hurt. I would rather, much rather my community be small, with mutual trust, respect, and of course, filled with fun and laughter. To the various women out there who have poured their lives into others with love and friendship, I thank you. Thank you for being an encouragement and being a part of a much needed community of fellow believers. In closing, I would like to end with a blessing for women of all ages, from a book called Uniquely His by Matilda Kiffer. That was shared with me so when i call out your age group i want you to stand so from zero that one sounds funny zero to 39 the young woman so if you're zero to 39 please stand up so rise up embrace your womanhood dare to give your past to jesus let him show you his plan and purpose for your life do not believe the lies of the enemy may you have the spirit of mary who, although she did not understand how it could happen, boldly said, May it be to me as you have said. By faith, knowing all things are possible with God, Paul instructs young Timothy to, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. You can have a seat. So 40 to 65. To the middle-aged woman, rise up, this is your hour. You have gained much wisdom. God has been preparing you for such a time as this. Do not let yourself become trapped with the world's thinking. Your usefulness is about to explode. The world says that you are going downhill and your beauty is fading and therefore so is your value. Life hasn't been the fairy tale story that you used to dream of. Life has not been fair. The enemy is there to agree with you. Do not despair. Do not listen. These are the lies from the enemy. The older we get, the more dangerous we are to hell. We have seen God's faithfulness down through the years, and every hard place we have walked through is a reminder again that life here is very short. As we keep walking as children of promise, we give hope to a lost world. We are leaving a legacy of life to future generations. The reason we are still here is to take as many people with us as possible. We are women of purpose. We know why we were born, what we are here for, and where we are going. Have a seat. 66 and up. You can stand. There's more (laughs) of you. To the elderly women of God, lift up your heads. This is no time to feel sorry for yourselves. The most powerful release of Jesus' ministry is through prayer. Jesus said, we are to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth reapers. When you are no longer able to go, you can still be praying for those that are able. It is not a season you can afford to feel sorry for yourselves. In your last breath, you are to draw songs out of the young, affirm the will and purposes of God in all saints, and be cheering each other on as you head towards the finish line. Just as you should not despair, despise your youth, you should not allow the enemy to steal your senior years through discouragement or depression. The ministry of Jesus never ends in your lives, so embrace the natural changes, do not grow weary, and continue to fight the good fight. You will finish the race, and you will keep the faith." So I'm gonna ask everyone now to stand and we're gonna read together the prayer on the screen. So let's pray. Lord, we praise you when we think about the sacrifices and love given to us by our mothers and many other women. Thank you for the mother who gave birth to us, the one who adopted us, and the women who mentored us along the path of life. We show gratitude to all who have held our hands, stood by our sides, cheered us on, drove us to the places we needed to go, had food on the table, and gave us her shoulder to cry on. God grant each woman, mother and daughter, the peace that passes all understanding to guard the hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' sweet and holy name, amen. All right, you can have a seat. Okay, so we are going to now play a little slideshow. Um, I asked people for some pictures of any form of like women groups that have happened either inside the church, in your homes, wherever. I also find, found some some golden oldie one pictures in the library so I'm hoping that Taylor got those on here as well because they're fun so have a listen and watch